And we're here. Here we are. Oh, cool little video that I just threw on there last second, but it works. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Martin, me, Alex, your number one lumberjack basketball podcast, or the only lumberjack basketball podcast out there. So obviously we're number one. Obviously. Clearly it is the obvious choice. Um, man, it seems like we were just on here a few days ago, weren't we? Yeah, it has not been long. No, it hasn't. But we are raring and ready to go. We're excited because tonight we have a very special guest, which we'll introduce in a second, um, to talk about a little bit about the, his life and how he ended up here at SFA and then go on and start talking about lumberjack basketball, which, of course, is what you're here for. Um, but first, obviously, we have to um, kind of give a quick shout out to the Lady Jacks for their amazing game. Uh, it was a really tough game on Monday night. It was the precursor to the men's game. Um, they played UTSA and man, what an absolute barn burner that was. It was an exciting game. It really was. It really was. So shout out to the Lady Jacks for, you know, getting it together, you know, last couple quarters there and, and really uh, pulling away from UTSA. They gave them a run for their money, but they figured it out and got it together and came away with a season opener dub as well. So um, what a really good game that was. And we're excited to have uh, season tickets to both the guys and girls games this year. So we're going to try as long as our schedule allows to make it into as many girls games as we can as well. Um, but man, what a cool, cool start to the season, a doubleheader. Couldn't ask for anything more, right? No, I love, I love a good doubleheader. Um, it does make for very long days for me very long day, day. But, and the next day, but that's okay. That was the only probably negative about the game on Monday is because it was a Monday night and it was so late by the time that the lumberjack game started, it was after eight 30 and uh, you know, obviously people have work and school and other things like that. So by the time we left the game, it was after 10 30 and poor Jacqueline had to drive home. What time did you get home last night? It was a little after 1230, but then of course I was hungry. So I had to cook something to eat. Then by the time I've driven an hour and a half cooked, and eaten, I'm like, well, now I'm awake. Right. You're awake awake schedule screwed. So right. I was awake till like two. Yay. Oh. oh, no. I barely even got into the bed. I was so tired. I mean, I just had just enough time to uh, change my clothes into some comfy clothes and literally take my contacts out. And then I was out. I was asleep. I didn't even take my makeup off. I was that tired, which never happens. So, yeah, just a long day for us. I mean, I go to work just like Jacqueline, you know, does I go to work, I wake up at six 30, go to work by eight and I'm there pretty much all day on Mondays until five or six o'clock. So it's a long day. It's a really long day. So, but anyway, so my God, we are so pumped to have this special, very, very special guest with us. Most of you probably know who he is, but if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet, you will now. Jacqueline, who do we have with us tonight? Well, I hear he goes by buckets. Does he? Yeah. Well, then that's just perfect because we're a basketball podcast. So, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the stream. <laughs> What's up, guys? Oh my God, nothing. What is up with you, man? I'm. Uh, I was listening to you guys talk about. I'm really glad I didn't have to make a long drive after the game. It's like three yeah. minutes to get back here to my apartment. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was beat yesterday after the the doubleheader and you know yeah. taking some videos and and that long walk out to center court at halftime for both games which was super <laughs> cool and and I was 
blown away by that whole thing. And but yeah, I was man, I was beat when I got home and and it was hard to get out of bed for eight o'clock class this morning. I'll tell you that. I totally understand. I had to drive to Lufkin because I have an eight o'clock class in Angelina and rough. <laughs> yeah. Very rough. All right. So first comment we have going through, it's actually about something other than college basketball. Let's congratulate the Houston Astros for their 2022 World Series win. Let's go. <laughs> I'll allow it. Woo! I know. I know. Buckets. I'm not talking about baseball. I, I took a beating over the weekend on Twitter about baseball, so I'm staying out of it. You did. No, you did take a beating. Okay. If you don't know this about me yet, buckets. Now you know. I'm not that involved in the Twitter sphere, so I'm generally like way late to the party. So what happened on Twitter with baseball? So I, look, like people that that know me, like my friends and family, like they know I'm not a big baseball fan. I do enjoy going to baseball games. I will, right, of I'll go to baseball games with you all day and eat hot dogs and drink beer, but I can't watch it on TV. And so yeah. I, I posted on Twitter. All I said was congrats to my Houston Astro friends, like congrats on the world series. And then below it, I typed, I'm just kind of glad baseball season's over. Cause I hate, it. like I, I do, I hate watching baseball on TV. Um, and I think this season it bugged me more because they kept cutting into like college football games, mm. so the home run thing with, yeah. you know, uh, and so I was, I was over it and congrats on the world series. I'm done with baseball. And then, I got absolutely blasted by some people about not liking baseball. I, like the the guy that runs the volley blog here for SFA, like he he beat me up, man. He was like, "This is coming from a guy who likes golf. Like, you think baseball is not exciting?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" In my defense, I don't really watch golf on TV either, man. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, in your defense, so there's two things. First of all. There is there is a type of athlete who enjoys watching any kind of sport on TV, and some athletes are like, if I'm not playing, I'm not that invested. That's yep. that. And then even for people who do enjoy baseball, I mean, I enjoy baseball okay. It's not like I'm going to turn on the TV to seek out a baseball game. I'll watch it. But you're right. Like, watching in person is an experience. That's not yep. the same as sitting and watching it on TV. So you have to really be a fan to just – sit and watch baseball on TV, especially if you're in a sport like basketball. Like, I'm sorry, it is nonstop going, going, going. Something, right. something oh. happening all the time. And there's a lot of downtime in baseball. That's why I'm not a big football fan. Because to me, I, yeah, when the action's happening, it's happening. But, like, there's a lot of downtime. And that's just not my style of. No. And, I mean, I understand what y'all are saying 100%. I just grew up in a, like, hardcore baseball, football, basketball family. And, and, and I agree. Watching in person – can't beat it. Can't beat it whatsoever. And I'm not going to just sit down and watch an entire baseball game. If it's not the Astros, like I'm not that nuts. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit there and just turn on like the Yankees versus the Dodgers, which is it puke anyway. Um, just for shits and giggles. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like if it's not the Astros, I'm not watching it. So the crazy thing is on Saturday. So Buffalo wild wings is like right over here, you know, up the street. Right. So I decided it was kind of a last second thing. I was like, I'm going to go over there because I know a bunch of Astros fans are going to be in there watching the game. And I just wanted to, I had a good feeling that Houston was going to win. It just looked like it was trending that way. So I, as I got there, Houston was down one, nothing. And then there was that moonshot of a home run. Yes. This went ballistic. And so like, I got to watch that last couple of innings, you know, I just sitting there kind of minding my own business by myself 
And uh, and it was cool, man. And that's why I sent the tweet. Like I was really happy for Houston fans. Like I'm I'm not one of those people that like hates on other people when they win championships, man. Like I know as a fan, I enjoy when my teams win. And so I, I like when other people like when it, like now listen, if Sam Houston was winning a championship, I'm not I ain't sending nothing, but hear that cat fans boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a note for that later, but go ahead. But yeah, like I, I just wanted to kind of be there and, and kind of see how they, you know, their reaction. And, and it was cool. Like it was packed and everybody right. was crazy. And like there was one dude there at the bar just with his arms there, like looked like he was going to cry. And I was like, man, like that's what yeah. sports does to us. And hello. And I'm glad it wasn't for him, but I'm also glad that baseball season's done and we can focus on basketball now. <laughs> no, I agree. You know what? Like baseball season is so long. Like it's, it's had its time. It's done. I'm glad we won Astros. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm ready to move on to college basketball. I'm ready to move on. So um, speaking of, of moving on, I want to, before we get to basketball though, I want to talk just to, sm- I know you don't like necessarily talk about yourself, a lot, but a little bit, a little bit about buckets, a little bit about, you know, your background, maybe how you got to SFA, uh, you know, obviously you're a non-traditional student. Uh, talk about that. Talk about, you know, what you're here for. We all know it's a little bit of a little bit of golfy golf, a little bit of the 18 hole fun. So let's yeah. talk. About yeah. So uh, like getting here, uh, mm-hmm. it was quite the journey. Like obviously spent 20 years in the army. Um, and, and during the, like that last year or so I was in the army, I found out that I could still play golf. I, was, I still had eligibility. Um, and so long story short, I end up at Christian Brothers University, which is a Division II school in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, and I had a, a fun year there. I, I learned a lot of stuff. And the, the problem was I was six hours away from my family. And mm-hmm. it, I, I just wasn't enjoying that part of it. So I decided to transfer. The goal was to transfer and get closer to home. Um and then I'll be honest with you, man, I, I had a couple of like there was a couple of D3 schools and stuff like that. that were really close by. Um, but a friend of mine got me in touch with Coach Schrader here at SFA and we had a few good conversations. And it finally dawned on me like, man, there might be a chance to play Division One and, and not necessarily like that. It wasn't that Division One like that was the end all be all for me. Mm-hmm. Um but just how cool of a story I thought it would be. Like 40-year-old dudes don't play Division One athletics very often. Um, and and so I sat down with my wife and we talked and I was like, babe, like I'm I'm gonna be 10 hours away now and not six hours. Like, are we sure this is you know the right thing? And and one day she finally just looked at me and she was like, Look, she was like, 40-year-old dudes don't get to do this. Like, you're not gonna get another opportunity like this, and you're an idiot if you don't take this chance. <laughs> I love her already. <laughs> and, so, and, and so I did. And well, and she's normally right about stuff. So I, I try to listen to her as often as, as possible. As um, you said, yes. And so, yeah. So I got here in August. Um, the golf stuff. Uh, it, if you, if you like scroll through Twitter and stuff, it's probably like, you probably don't even know that I'm a golfer sometimes when you scroll through there and read some of the stuff. Cause I'm talking about all this other stuff. And, mm. and now in the stuff with the social media team uh, with the athletic department, um, but the golf stuff didn't go great the first couple of months I was here. I wasn't playing well and, and I just hadn't really settled into that part. Um, but then finally, just a couple of weeks ago, finally qualified and, and got to start my first division one tournament over at Baylor. Um, and as far as we know, cause the NCAA doesn't keep official records on it, but we did some pretty extensive research uh, and we're we're about ninety nine percent sure that I became the oldest Division One golfer to make a start 
a couple weeks ago at Baylor. So that's that was, awesome. That was, that was exciting, and I and I and I had a blast. Um, and uh, so yeah, we've kind of like fall season's over, and and we don't start up again until you know January when we get back from winter break. Um, so now I get to focus on basketball and doing this Axum Insider stuff. Yeah, no, that's just, that's awesome. Honestly, like, it's just the coolest story to me. I think the fact, you know, that you have the background of being in the army and, and, and you had eligibility left and now you're, you know, living out, uh, living out a dream, essentially coming to play in division one, uh, golf. And then of course, like you said, working with athletics and doing all this fun Axum insider stuff, which more people are going to find out about you if they haven't seen you yet, you'll be doing all these, you're doing all these fun interviews with coaches and players and, you know, and, and what have you. And so I just, it, I think it's a really, really cool story. And I, Dennis agrees. Dennis, one of our big, you'll, you have, if, you, if you haven't, oh, you met Dennis at the football game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dennis. Yeah. Awesome interview. Great story. Buckets. Um, and so it's just really cool. And I'm, I'm very blessed. And then you were also honored at halftime on the first game. Yeah. So, and that was one of those things that I didn't, I didn't really know that was going to happen until, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, probably like an hour or so before the women's game started. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so they told me about that. And so the crazy part was I thought we were just doing like the women's game. And so I went out there at halftime and and they did that. And that was, you know, really cool of them to do that. Um, but then uh, they came to me after we did that and they were like, all right, meet me back over here at the table at, you know, two minutes to go at halftime in the men's game. And I was like, Wait, we're doing it again, and they were like, "Yep, we gotta, we're gonna bring you out there again." And I was like, "Okay, man." So, yeah, so we did that two times, and um, you know, I, I'll tell you. I, so, the, the Memphis Grizzlies did that last year. They they do a military tribute every game, every home game, and so the the first playoff game against Golden State last year, um, I was their military, you know, honoree or whatever that night. And I'll tell you, like, that was a really cool experience. And we sat courtside and, you know, watched that game. And, um, but I'll tell you, man, like, last night was super, it's, it's really cool. Like, I'll take last night over doing the Grizzlies thing just because, like, last night felt like, like I was there with like family. Like, it, it just felt more, I don't know, like the, the Grizzlies thing is like, hey, we want to show this guy off. And, you know, but last night was more like, just, you know, a couple thousand people giving you a hug, you know, like that's what it felt yeah. like. So, um, yeah, I'll take you guys over. I, I still love the Grizzlies, but I'll take you guys over. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, no. I mean, it, it was just a really cool moment. And that's something that, you know, we they've been they did a lot during um, pre-COVID. And then, of course, when COVID hit, they stopped doing that. And just people would just stand up in their seats and kind of wave. And so I'm really glad that they're bringing it back where everybody's coming onto the court and, and waving and, you know, getting single people recognized. Because I think that's just a really cool, a cool moment, and a cool thing and a cool tradition that we have at SFA. And um, I'm glad to see that you were the first one. Very well deserved. Very well deserved. Yeah, of course. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I guess, you know, I guess that's enough about you. We can, we can, we can move on and talk. We can move on and talk about, you know, basketball things. So Jacqueline, start us off, girl. All right. So sure. You know, anybody who follows us, you're kind of used to us getting Laterno um, for one of our first games of the season. Cause I feel like the last couple of years we played them, but mm-hmm. they are D3. They are a private Christian university. Um, the last time that we played them was in 2020 and we won 102 to 57. So going into this game, our history with them, we beat them eight times, lost zero times. Uh, the largest margin of victory before last night was the 102 57 game. 
Smallest margin of victory was 80 to 70. Um, so last night we actually broke the largest margin of victory against Letourneau with our win, 93 to 40. Our attendance, we had 2,610. Pretty decent for an opening Monday night. For a Monday night, and I think that actually beat last year's opening night as well, I believe. From what I, I think it was a decent crowd for a, a Monday opener against Letourneau. Of course, we had the, the doubleheader with the ladies, so I'm sure that helped too. Of course. Um, so our starters, we had Derek, Kyle, a.k.a. Matt. Matt, yep. Rel, JJP, and Nana. Um, oh, one random note I want to say. Uh, so Laterno and I only, because we never did end up getting a program last night. Um, Alex and I both forgot, so I didn't look at their lineup. But whenever I watched the game back today, they mentioned that Laterno had two players who were from Nacogdoches. So they had, and of course I didn't recognize either of their names because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but they had Christian Adams, who actually went to Central Heights, but from Nacogdoches. And then they had Deontay Jackson, who was from Nacogdoches and went to Natchai. Wow. So, interesting okay. little note there. A couple little, um, couple little uh, hometown boys. Well, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. So that was interesting. Okay, so I will quickly go over Sean Kennedy's stat section, and uh, then we can get into talking about the our, our hot takes on the game. Uh, so we had our field goal percentage was fifty two point nine, um, which theirs was only twenty three, so much better. Our three point percentage was forty one point seven, not shabby. Free throw was sixty six point seven. Um, we were like really close to our points in the paint from last season with 56. Nice. Very nice. Uh, points off turnovers, 38 second chance points. We had 20 fast break points. We had 24, uh, bench points. We had 39, which is great. It's almost half the score we had, um, total rebounds. Y'all want to take a guess if you haven't looked at the stats. I've already looked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was a lot with 54. Um, so we, had, we had 19 offensive boards and 35 defensive boards. Uh, we had 19 fouls. We had 22 turnovers. They had 32. Um, 19 steals, six blocks. Our game leaders were we had Day at high point with 20 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. He also got the Pilgrims pride player of the game. Uh, we had JJP with 16 points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. And then Nana and Trell both had 14 points. Um, can I just say that the last time we played Laterno, we had 50 rebounds and 70 points in the paint. <laughs> and 25 points off turnovers and then uh, 38 bench points. Uh, yeah. The stats for that game – 63.8% field goal, three-point percentage was 36.4, and then the free throw percentage was 75. Now, that's where I like to see a free throw percentage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. So just, I mean, some similar – let me see. What was the uh, – what was our fouls? We had 19. What was our fouls the first time? God, I just exited out. Son of a bitch. Um, fouls, we had uh, 18. Okay, about the same. So about the same. Okay, interesting. All right, cool, cool, cool. Man, oh man. So buckets. First question had for you. What are your thoughts 
on Nana? So I'll, I'll tell you, and obviously this is the first time I had seen anything other than an SFA practice. Um, and so as far as like style system, stuff like that, like I'm still very much getting to know this team and how they do things. But I'll tell you, he looks to me like as good a, uh, you know, a forward slash center uh, as you're going to find at the, you know, the the mid-level in, in college basketball. I mean, he – the way he gets to the rim and, – and what I like about him is, you know, when he rebounds, the way he high points rebounds and he stays up high and is able to follow a lot of those up uh, and, and get those, you know, those putback points. Um, I just – I thought he was really dominant in what he did in the paint last night. And I – I don't know. I, like this is a, this is a good shooting team. Everything that I've seen from them in the practices that I've been at, uh, and and last night kind of confirmed that a little bit too. This team is going to be, and, and Coach Keller has said as much. This is going to be probably one of the best shooting teams that he's had here uh, at SFA. But I'm telling you, I don't think this team is going to shy away from getting it into the post and getting Nana some work. I mean, I was really really impressed with him last night. Really good footwork. Uh, I thought he did a lot of really impressive stuff. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made the point about him keeping the ball up high because, well, first of all, and I, I had seen him play whenever he was in high school, and he's made so much progress since he's gotten SFA just since then, which I attribute a, a portion of that to Cody's strength and conditioning because Nana has bulked up and put on more muscle because, I mean, he's a thin guy, you know, um, much taller than everyone else, but all the muscle you can get helps. Um, but he really does know that his strength is, I mean, if he just gets the rebound and keeps it up, nobody can, there's not that many big men tall enough to get it. If he just keeps it above his head. I'm really glad you gave coach Cody a shout out there. Cause he's actually our strength and conditioning guy for golf too. So oh, is I'm, he really? I'm going to see him on Thursday morning when we get in there and start working in the gym. So Listen, he's the, fantastic. Work, the work that he does is incredible. Yeah. Like if you see the before and after pictures that these guys will post at the, you know, beginning of the summer workouts and then where yeah. they are. And I mean, that's important because, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys, when they come from high school, first of all, they don't, I mean, I remember whenever I was in high school, yeah. we didn't, but we, we lifted weights twice a week, but there was nobody like telling us like, these are the things you need to do. These are the things you need to be eat. And he does all of that. I mean, he cooks their breakfast almost every morning, you know, make sure they're getting all the stuff that they need. And, it's a science and he does it well. And, you know, I mean, a lot of guys when they come in from high school, they need, they need a little bulking to, to bang around in the lane with these guys. So yeah. um, Colin says he looks stronger and I like the dunks and putbacks. We agree. hundred percent. A hundred percent. He was definitely on my list for first strengths of the game because I mean, just from last season to this season, you could obviously see he's put in the work, you know, We've had to come, not necessarily like a really bad run, but we've had a pretty not so great run with like some of our centers just not being great, just not being, especially for big tall guys. Like they're just not very, you know, mobile. They're not very aggressive under the basket. I would even love to see Nana be even a little bit more aggressive under the basket. Um, but again, that just comes with more experience and more time and he's getting there. I, I, I definitely see a big change in him from even from last season, just from the game the other night. So, and of course we also have to think of, yes, we're playing a D three team, but that doesn't mean we have to be any less aggressive or any less 
Um, we're, we're playing like we're playing Duke right now. Like that's how we should obviously see every single game is like, oh, this is we're playing Duke right now. This is the best of the best. And we I don't care if we put up we put a hundred piece on him. I don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like it's a you come and you play and you compete. I don't care if it's a D3 team, a high school team, Duke. I don't it doesn't matter to me, Sam Houston. We're not going to go easy on anybody and neither should we. Um, let's see. Another comment from Colin. He says, Jaleel is just as tall and appears to be a good pick so far as well. Agreed. From little that we saw from him playing the few minutes that he had. Um, let's see. Jaleel had how many minutes total? Uh, let me find it. Oh, hold on. I'm there. Um, he, he only played nine minutes last night. Nine minutes. Yeah. Yeah. In the nine minutes that he played, the guy grabbed seven rebounds, um, or I, actually, I think he might have had more than that. Or no, he had five rebounds. Had two blocks. Um, I, I thought the nine minutes that he played, I thought we saw some good stuff. I think he's going to be the thing that I like about having him and Nana. Like I think they're two completely different style big men. Yeah. And Jaleel's going to be the guy that man you can throw him in there and absolutely body some people. I mean, he's oh. he's a big dude now, and I think. When you when you need to put a space eater in there, um, I, I think he's going to help you control the boards. I think he's just going to he's going to be that guy when you really want to control that painted area. I think you'll see them go to him quite a bit. I I'm intrigued to see this season. I don't know how much they'll do it, um, and and, and I, I'm not still like I'm getting used to Coach Keller and the way he does things. So I don't know how he likes to work his lineups. Right. I'm, I'm sure that he's probably got some sort of small lineup that he goes with from time to time. I'm interested to see if he decides to go big at any point and have both those guys on the floor at the same time. Um, Cause man, I'm telling you that, that duo in the paint with the, with the shooters that this team has, um, man, they could be, they could be really, really dangerous. Uh, especially on the offensive end, but on the defensive end too. Yeah. It could be a two man wrecking crew. Hardcore. I mean, I, I totally agree. And the, both of the blocks that he had were like top 10 blocks. I mean, full kind of hand on ball. Where you're yeah. like, damn. I mean, like, it was nice Yeah, that so first one that he had, like, I think he sent it halfway back up the, the sawmill tunnel. That's what I'm there. saying. Was, I mean, he, he basically spiked it like it was a volleyball, you know? Like, he's saying. <laughs> Somebody yelled four. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Buckets and Jacks. I, I think that Jaleel, I, you know, again, from the nine minutes that he played, Last night, I think that he is deaf. He's a body. Like, he's he's a thick boy, you know, and uh, he can easily, easily be aggressive under that basket. He can muscle himself around. He can get in there and really fight for it, and I, I, I love to see it, and I can't wait to see more of him. Uh, another comment from Colin. Jalen Posey's looking like Kevon Harris out there. Let me tell you what. When the first, what was it, nine, ten points or so came from Jalen, I was like, he is – yeah. He is back and ready to tear some sh- up. I'm telling you what, he no mercy, none. More points than Laterno's team for like a considerable amount of time. I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Well, it was one point he had 16 points and they had 11. I was like, this boy out here has more points than the entire team of Laterno. Yeah, 11 points of the 12. The, yeah, the first, the first two possessions of the game. Um, you know, he, he got the first three off and 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 you could tell that he was really excited about hitting that hitting that jumper. Mm-hmm. Um but those possessions as they came up, 
every time the ball got to him, I, I there was a look in that kid's eye, and I was on that end of the floor <laughs> under the basket down there, and there was just a look in his eye that like we're going to start this season off with a bang. Um, and then after those buckets went in, you know, he he's clapping, he's right there ready to play defense. I was I was really excited to see him get off to a good start. Um, I think he is. I think he's going to be as good as anybody in the WAC this year. I really do. Like he's got all the tools. He's he's as athletic as anybody you're going to find on a basketball court at the mid-major level. I mean, he's a, a really explosive offensive player. Got a great shot. Can get it to the rim. Um, and then on the defensive end too. I mean, he he's one of those guys that causes a lot of havoc uh, on that end. And when when they're trapping and in the full court, I mean, he's he's he was impressive to watch in practices. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing him last night when there was somebody on the other side wearing a different uniform, man, it was it was a whole different level of him that I hadn't seen yet. So I was, that was really exciting for me. Yeah, it's just been really exciting for especially for Jacqueline and I because we've seen him grow from first game, first season he was here, he didn't play at all because you know he's injured, right? And then last season comes in and is just everything that he was basically advertised to be and more, which is just, by the way, the first season that he was injured, I mean, the first few months he was able to practice before he got injured. And I mean, we were hearing like he is putting everyone down and I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's putting everyone to shame in practice. Like he is dominating and then he gets hurt and we're like, well, don't even get to see him play. Um, So yeah, we have, we have not been let down at all with his level of play and energy. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Colin, I see you put another comment in there. Uh, we're we're going to get to that one. I promise you. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're going we're to talk about that in a second. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. So definitely Daylin, uh, Daylin, who the hell's Daylin? I put Day Day and Jalen together. Man, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I, I really, really love the energy that Jalen had last night. Um, he came out swinging just what we love to see. Same thing with Trell. Um, I mean, he, uh, Trell is my dude. He is my dog. Like I would literally step in front of a moving car for this boy. Cause he is the sweetest thing on the planet. He always comes over and gives hugs no matter what. He's always so appreciative, not saying that they all aren't like that, but like, he is just, he's my sweet little child, child boy. And I would do anything for him because he's just so sweet and he tries so hard and he always gets down on himself when he's not hitting those threes. But dang it, when he gets hot, he gets hot. And I love seeing Trell get hot, especially towards the end of that game yesterday. He was really, really going. Um, Dennis coming again with a question. Hope Jaleel develops. We could be dangerous with a couple of solid bigs. Totally agree. They don't have to be the best bigs in the league. Maybe third or fourth. Our backcourt backcourt is primo. That will carry us a long ways as long as our front court has some success. Completely agree. I mean, yep. hit the nail on the head there, 100%. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Colin said, Latrell is awesome. His energy his energy is infectious. That is part of the reason why he is my dog. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys see what he did late in the second half? Like, we were yes. talking about a 40, 45-point game, whatever it was, and yes. he takes a charge on the defensive yeah. end. He always and- has that. And you, well, his reaction to it was as if they were in a tight game with with Sam Houston, or if it was Duke or whoever. Um, and that's just the, like that's the kind of player he is. It's the kind of leader he's going to be for this team. He doesn't matter what point of the game it is. Doesn't matter if we're up forty, down forty. Like that's the dude that you want to go to war with, man. He is. Yeah. 
you're like what he said, his energy, it is infectious. And I think the entire team is going to feed off of guys like him. Like he may not be the leading scorer on the team. He may not, he may not be leading in statistics at the end of the game, but the the team is going to feed off what he does, the energy he brings. He is, and coach Keller said this in his post game last night, like he is the heart and soul of this SFA basketball team. So I'm, but when he took that charge last night, I was like, I was more fired up about that play probably than any play I watched last night. I was that, that says a lot about the kind of player that he is. Yeah, I agree because he, he's gonna he's gonna match that same energy every game, whether it's Laterno and we're up by fifty, or it's Duke and we're Kansas and we're down by nine, whatever. A hundred percent, and agreed with everything y'all are saying. A hundred, like that is why he is my dog. He's probably he's gonna be my dog until you know he graduates and leaves. You know, hopefully, and still then. And still then, because, you know, he, Jacqueline, I know you're going to remember this, Jacqueline. Who does he remind you of? Always putting his body on the line, always taking charges. Doesn't matter. He'll be on one end of the court and he'll zip to the other end of the court. He is always putting his body on the line. Who does that remind you of? Boy. Hmm? Boy. Johnny boy. Yep. Again, John Coma would always do that, too. And that's and that first one ever Trell got here. That's kind of who he reminded me of with his defense, right? He would always, if he needed to put his body on the line, he would. He would take that charge like an absolute grown ass man, and he would pop right up and just be fired up. And that is exactly what Johnny Boy would do. And that is why we loved him, not just because he was a good dude, but because he was a good team player. He didn't give a shit if he had any points that game. Zero, none, nothing. All he cared about was the team win, and that is the type of player we need on this Lumberjack team, and that's the type of player Trell is. And it just happens to be that he has a massive, disgusting three-point game. Disgusting. When he gets hot, it is disgusting. He shoots from the parking lot, their buckets. It's just – he gets me so fired up. And so, you know, he's 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 going to be – he's going to be an absolute terror yet again. Um, you know, Colin said, thank God he's a sophomore. Don't want to – yeah, no. Don't he doesn't feel like a sophomore, and that's the crazy thing about it. He feels like a senior. The way he plays, his court presence, you know, his he's just heads up basketball constantly. And he doesn't he carries himself like he's been in the game for four or five years. Yeah, one of one of the first comments that the coaches made to me, like I, I asked a couple of the assistants about him in practice one day, and when they told me he was a sophomore. I was like, you're lying, man. Like, there's no, like, there's no way that that dude, he doesn't, he doesn't carry himself like a, like a kid that just started his second year. Um, well, it's and, actually, and really, it's actually his third well, year because he got yeah. a COVID year, but still. But, but still yeah. you, don't, you don't see guys like you, your leaders are your seniors, man. Like the, mm-hmm. to see it, to see a kid like this and, and take on the leadership role the way he has, um, I think, Knowing that you're going to have him for the next couple of years is, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're an SF, SFA fan, that's that's pretty reassuring to know right. that he's going to be around. Yeah, yeah. Dennis agrees. Como, great comparison. And then Colin as well said, I thought he was a senior. Yeah, I mean, it's just his court presence, and and I'm we're just thankful to have him. Grateful that we were able to get him from from Kansas. And so, um, how funny was that that we literally the year that we get him, he's, he's, we go and we play Kansas and what, what a surreal moment for him. You know, it's just, 
wild. Um, another person we're going to talk about too, of course, is, is Rati. It's good to see Rati out there. Our boy Roe have a feeling he's going to be a big difference maker towards the later half of the season and into the postseason. man. It was so good to see him back on the court. I know he's been itching. He's been, he's just been, he's been such a presence, like just a, a constant for so many years that when he, when he's not on the court, it just feels weird. And so, so excited to have him back and and hopefully be pretty much 100% full strength because we we need him. Again, senior grad leadership, another thing that, you know, we thrive off of and having him there. And he's always a calm presence. He never, he never freaks out. He never gets upset. He never gets angry or, you know, I, 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 he's just the most calm and even keeled person, like guy on the court, which is yeah, more refreshing to be fair. It, it's it's nice. Um, you know, I feel like every team has to have at least one because you have to have one person kind of keep the the energy mellowed if if it gets bad because it's always easy to have a player who hypes it up when the game's going well. But it's right. It's hard to have a cool collected player to ground everyone when it's not going nice. That's. Such a good point. I, I mean, I agree 100%. The fact that sometimes, yeah, you need like a guy like Trell who's going to be like <laughs> freaking out. But then you also need the senior presence, the guy, the calming dude to come over and be like, okay, guys, focus. You know, let's come back in. Let's come back down to reality. You know, the game's not over yet. This isn't a walk away. This isn't a sure thing. We need to get things back rolling. And so, you know, he, he was great. So, uh, Jacqueline, you know, usually buckets we go through and talk about our strengths of the game, and then we also talk about our grievances of the game. Um, so, who do you think was the strengths of the game? Or what were the strengths of from, from last night's game? Is this for me? Yeah. Well, so, I feel like we kind of already went. Okay, yeah. If no, we have so any, anybody else that we didn't mention yet. Well, I, well I'll tell you, the, the player of the game last night, um, day day, I every practice I had been to for like three weeks is on the sideline, walking around in a sling, mm-hmm. got his shoulder wrapped up and everything. Um, he gets to come in and practice for like a week, and then I saw him in the gym a couple of days ago getting up some shots. And I'll be honest with you, like I, I didn't think I didn't think he was going to get that many minutes. Like I had no idea he was going to play as much as he did coming off a shoulder injury. And to watch him go out there, like you, you know, he's got to feel a little bit rusty, having not been kind of in the mix for the last few weeks. And man, I thought it was super impressive. Like he's got the brace and everything on last night in the game, and and just went out there and played like a stud all night. I mean, his stat line was. Was impressive. I don't care who you're playing. That stat line's impressive. I don't care if it's the the rec league team up the street at the Y or whatever, man. Like he, I was really impressed. He, for me, he was the strength of the game. I mean, a, a kid that's kind of been out of the loop for a few weeks and to come in and play like that, um, I was I was blown away, man. I was really impressed with what I saw with him last night. Day Day will impress you every game he ever plays in. He is. I yeah. He he, he impressed the hell out of Jacqueline and, I last, Jacqueline and I last year. I mean, from going from being a very calm and, and timid person at our meet the Jacks table, and we're like, oh, what a sweet little freshman. What a sweet little boy. I hope he gets to play. <laughs> to absolutely kicking, 
so much axe. Well, then he, he had a couple of he had a couple of game winners last year too, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out of the woodworks and just starts destroying people, and I'm just like, who is this kid? He he totally presented himself as just this very like very shy and timid guy, that, you know. But when he go, gets on the court, he is a terror in the best possible way. That sweet boy, I Jacqueline and I the whole time were freaking nervous AF about that damn shoulder. The whole game. The whole game. We're literally, every time he goes up with a shot or something, we literally are like, like cringing because we were just so nervous. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have any more uh, feats of strength, I'll use that to segue into my um, airing of grievances. One moment, please. Well, I will say this. The, the only other thing I would say is a strength. So they went five for 12 behind the three point line last night. And I know that doesn't sound like anything crazy. I mean, five for 12 is okay. The reason that I was happy about that and thought that's a strength of the game is because the temptation when you're in a game like that where you're going to win by 40 is yeah. to just start chucking up shots. They never did that. Like they, they stayed within their system and doing what they do. Um, and, and I thought they played really disciplined for a team that was going to go in that gym and, and beat the brakes off somebody. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed. Five for 12, but they could have easily shot 33-pointers last night and just thrown them up from everywhere and didn't do it. Stayed really disciplined in what they were doing, and I, I thought that was an absolute strength of what they did last night. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, it, that, that took some restraint because you're right. When you're up that high, you could be like, well, I'm just going to – Start throwing it up from out here and see what happens. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. So we're just going to go right into our favorite little section. Well, and that's not our favorite, but it, it's precursed by our favorite episode. With the airing of grievances. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. You. You. RIP, Jerry Stiller. Um, Grievance. Go ahead, Jax. So I just got to say, and the, I mean, this is just me. Well, I'm, well, as happy as I was to see Day Day, one of my grievances is I just don't know why we had him playing. I just feel like it made me very nervous. Like we're playing Letourneau and if he's still got the big brace on and is like coming out multiple times and clearly in at least some discomfort stretching it out, I just – that's my personal call. I wouldn't have played him, but that's me. Take it or leave it. Yeah, it, it was. it was just a – Again, like I said, we were just kind of holding our breath each time he went up with the ball. And then a couple times he fell to the freaking court and was like, no, I, I was just, I was, that's the only thing I was worried about. And then we told him this at Meet the Jacks. Like we told him this. We said, don't you dare come back before you're ready. He's like, yeah, I won't. Either I'll play or I won't on Monday. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, great. Yet again, do not come back. <laughs> Until you are ready and your shoulder is good enough and strong enough to go and, and to do what you do. Because as you can see from last night, he, again, is a monster. He goes up with the ball. He fights down in the paint. He's all over the court. He puts his body on the line. He's falling on the court. He's going after shot. I mean, he's everywhere. And with a bad shoulder. Yeah, because he's not the player that you can put in and say, well, just take it easy. You know, don't, don't go all out. Like, if he's in there, he's going to be – Jumping for every rebound, driving in the lane, right. throwing stuff on the ground. And every time I'm just like, I swear to God, if one of their players take him to the ground or something happens, like I'm coming on the court for somebody. I don't know who it is, but like, I was just like, let him not get injured in this Letourneau game. 
that was our that was our main like concern. I was just like, I just don't want him to re-injure himself and or happen. <sighs> anyway. Um Okay, quick one that I mentioned earlier, and this doesn't have anything to do with our game last night, but I have to mention it. So we did extend a congratulations to Cat fans uh, for their win over OU last night. However, as soon as we saw that they won, I was like, how about, yes, Colin, how about Sam? That was his question from earlier. I was like, Jacqueline's going to bring this up in her grievances. I know she is. Part of me is not happy because it is Sam. On the other hand, they are in our conference, and that makes WAC look better for RPI ratings down the road. Um, okay, I have lots of things to say about this. So, first of all, yes, we did congratulate them. Yippee-yay for them. Um, but I'm like, here we go. They might not even make the conference tournament, but they are going to be talking about that win over OU all damn season long. And so uh, whenever I went up – I have time to talk to mom and dad. I said this and, and mom goes like, like y'all still talk about the Duke win. And I was like, okay, that's different. That's different. That was number one in the country. Duke. You're talking about, OU. whoop, whoop. I said, yes. I said, first of all, absolutely. Like put it on my gravestone when I die. Like I, till the day I die, I will be 80 years old. And I'll be talking about that Duke win. But Bury me with the freaking Nate Bain bucket layup buzzer beater picture. Bury me with that picture or you're not my best friend. I'm telling you right now. But I guarantee you, it, they they could have the worst finish ever and they are going to be, well, we beat OU. So, Cat fans, I'm saying this directly to you. If y'all have a shitty season, I don't want to hear it. Well, we beat OU. You got your congratulations. Hey. Again, and it's just, it's funny because we were talking on Twitter last night and, and Jacqueline, I know she says that she doesn't get on Twitter a lot. Um, so she might not have saw this, but somebody well, also usually driving for an hour and a half after the game. So I well, can't. That's, yeah, it, it was just, it was just really funny because everyone was like, well, how much did uh, OU pay for that big L? And someone said 95K, which. You hate to see it. Hate to see it because you know what? I mean, it just sucks to suck. You lose at home, and plus it's a bye game. But you know what? It's just funny to me now because now I literally said to Sam Houston basketball, I literally added them. I said, welcome to the freaking club. Because guess what? Now you're never going to be invited to play freaking OU again, brother. Yeah, but also, okay. no, I think we've gotten paid more than that for some of our – Oh, I'm sure we have. But I'm just saying, like, welcome to the club of yeah. – mm-hmm. I said this to somebody the other day. There are consequences as a mid-major for beating Power Five teams. Yep, and they're not great consequences. Like, yeah, you at SFA, you you guys when, when SFA beat Duke, you had all the publicity, all the stuff that came with that. Um, but but the part that nobody really realized until a season later mm-hmm. is nobody wants to play you anymore. Like, because you didn't just go beat a Power Five, you went and beat Duke on their home floor. And broke a streak that was forever long of non-conference opponents yeah. losing in that building. Nobody wants you anymore. And I'm telling you, Sam Houston, look, let me say this. I've got a little bit of a history already with Sam Houston. <laughs> well, now you're truly a lumberjack. At the Sam Houston and SFA at, at our home volleyball game, um, I was a little mean to them on Twitter. And and <laughs> Look, I'm I'm passionate, man, and I've only been here for a couple months, but I love this place, and I'm gonna bleed purple until I die now. 
Um, and that means that those people have to fight with me for the rest of my life, man. I'm never going to stop fighting those people up the road or down the road, whatever. Down the road. They're inferior. They're down below. But, but, But last night I tried to extend a little bit of a buckets olive branch and I did congratulate them because it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. Yeah. That's why we we congratulated them. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And and so I I was, I was happy for them. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was on my phone at our game checking updates of the Tarleton Arizona state game. And they were up seven with like three minutes to go. And I was like, Oh man, we're going to, we're going to do this. Now. Like the whack is coming y'all. And then I'll be damned if they didn't blow it. But, um, but no, I was, I was rooting for them. I was glad Sam Houston won. I'm, I'm of the opinion that a rising tide sails all ships. Like everybody floats on a high tide. And so for me, through this, through the non-conference portion of the schedule, man, I want the WAC to play well. I want us to beat good opponents. I want the WAC to look good because that way, when SFA starts smacking that ass in conference play, we look really good. I'm all yeah. about it, man. Go win all the non-conference games you can. Oh, I want you to. Yeah. No, I I concur 100. It's just it's just, that's just going to be the talking point, though. Like Jacqueline said, that anytime you know. It's, Oh well, you know we beat Sam Houston in basketball. Well, at least we beat OU. Like, oh, for fuck's sake! Do we yeah. do the transitive thing? Like when we beat yeah. Sam Houston, transitive property, we beat OU too. Is that what we do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So transitive property states that you know, hey, if we beat Sam Houston, that means we beat OU. I guess right. that that counts. That it counts. Yeah, it, it's it's just again. I, now they understand how it feels. They'll feel that repercussion next next year when they're trying to schedule games. Um, you know, but here's the thing. We also beat Baylor twice, right? Twice, once, twice. Mm, no, once. I don't think so. Just once. Okay, once. Well, LSU, okay, almost beat Kansas. Uh, almost beat – who did we almost beat, too? We, well, we were, like, semi-close with Alabama. That's right. Um, when they came to us, yeah. Right. Yeah, was that Alabama like when Avery Johnson was the coach yes. at Alabama? Yeah, so that was like way before Buckets' time at SFA. But right, yes. but so I am familiar with those Alabama teams, and they were yeah. I mean, that's not a like to hang with that team because he had a couple of good teams there, at Alabama. Yeah, and we had a home home with them, so they played us at home, and then we played them there the next season. Okay. Yeah, and and we were close when we played them here at SFA, and then we went to uh, to Alabama to, to Tuscaloosa. It wasn't as close, but again. We hung in there as best we could. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just funny to me. But, hey, congrats to Sam Houston. That'll be the last time I say it. Whenever whenever conference rolls around, it's a different story. And Cat fans, you can take that to the bank and also shove that up a year and a way. Um, Colin, yeah, no issues with me so far since the first game of the season. Ooh, that fell over. D3. <laughs> Uh, shooting percentage was good, not many turnovers, so I'm a happy man. Um, I will say the one person I didn't mention, and I, I it's, a, it's a strength, but also not necessarily a weakness, but it's kind of a little bit of a grievance. First game of the season, we already had someone fall out. Freaking, freaking, freaking Matt. Matt fell out. But that, bro- that boy, he's almost in line for my dog of the game because he was all over the court. For the time he was in before he fell out, he was – all over the court. Yeah, and but, no, I was very impressed with first game as a freshman. I, I thought he did great. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously the only downside is that he did foul out, but I mean, he played 19 minutes. He was uh, one for four from the, from the field goal. Um, he was, uh, let's see, a two for four for three free throw. He had six rebounds. I mean, uh, let's see what else did he have? Two steals. So only four points, but man, he was rocking all over the court playing defense here, there, wherever. I mean, he, he almost put a guy on post, which was disgusting. It would have been, it would have been just the, that the sawmill would have erupted into a raucous, raucous party if he would have hit that damn basket. I will say that 100%. Yeah. When, when he went down the lane and tried to put down that tomahawk, I, uh, <laughs> Disgusting. I about fell out, man. I, like, I would have probably walked out of the well, I walked out of the building if that one would have gone down. Man. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm out of there. I agree. Speaking of, speaking of people trying to throw down big dunks, let me just say, because I just thought about this, Latrell, if you're out there listening, buddy, <laughs> he tried to throw down a big one last night too, and, and then he came up limping for a second. I know. And I prayed to all the gods, all of them. Um, I prayed to mighty Thor that that boy was okay after I saw him limping. And so please just, just lay it up over the front of the rim next time, man. We don't need no, we don't need no spectacular dunks out of you, man. Just, you just stay healthy. Please don't hurt yourself. <laughs> I, I I agree. When I saw him kind of limping and grabbing his ankle, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. And she yeah. said, well, I don't know if he's really hurt. I mean, <laughs> No, well, I said, first, I said, I thought I, the same thing at first. Too. I thought maybe like his pride was just hurt a little bit. That's what she said. That's what she said. He kept down and kept bending down. And I was like, oh, God, please no. Yeah, I, I said, I, th I think the pride was a little. I don't think it was the majority yeah. of it, but I do think it was a little. We we had a player in the past who, like, I called out would really badly, like, immediately be injured if he missed something and then go to the bench and, like, two seconds later, he's in. And I'm like, okay, we know it was injured and it was your pride, not your ankle. But, um, <laughs> I think Trell was a little hurt, but I think he was also a little like, damn, I shouldn't have tried to dunk it. I should have just laid it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's my thing. You know what? Unless if it's there, it's there. But you know what? Don't hurt yourself trying to make a big splash. Like, yeah, because listen, we love a great dunk, but Trell gives us so many other things. It's like we be great if it, you got it wide open, but otherwise, like, yeah, we'll yeah. over him getting hurt any day. I, I'd rather you hit. 17 three-pointers brother than try and hit a major master dunk like yeah you know what i mean just don't don't do that to me um it's not necessarily a grievance but colin brings up a point that i think we need to touch on really fast before we continue is uh the non-conference schedule a lot of people obviously did make comments that it is weak because of the big teams that we have beaten um I guess just by a, just one a, a brief glance you just assume that the non-conference schedule is weak it's really not. Yeah, it's not, and I, I'll I'll get to a note on that for our next game. Uh, it's it's right. It's it's really not. I mean, we don't. Yes, we don't have the big marquee Power Five: Duke, Kansas, LSU, uh, uh, Bama. Uh, you know, Baylor game on the schedule. I, I get it. I understand. But yet again, I, I don't. We don't need to bring it up for the hundredth time. But it's yeah. We're giant killers. Nobody wants to play a giant killer team at home at a pay game and get potentially whooped. And we got a few that are not going to be easy dubs, but no. I'll get to that. Um, so I think Colin did mention the the free throws, which was one of my only grievances because our free throws just weren't the best. 
really my only other main grievance was, and it's something that will come with time because he's a new player, but as much as we talk, and this is not on him, but as much as we talked about how much of an impact we think Jalil will have, they have not, our guards have not quite perfected the lob pass into Jalil because mm. there were several last night that they, like, they just didn't quite have this, the spacing and the lob down. And so, that, I mean, that's a point for improvement. I'm not yeah. There was, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, overthrows there, too. I'm just as well. saying, once they get that smoothed out, I think he's going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, I will say this. I think it's a it's a combination. I do agree that the guards have got to get that entry pass a little bit better. But there was one in particular that they kind of threw up that, like, hit the net or, like, caught the bottom of the rim or something. And, and that one in particular um, – the guard's got to deliver a pass, but I think J Jaleel, one of the things that he's going to probably have to adjust as well is if you're trying to get that over the top, you've got to, you've got to get that guy worked up off the block just a little bit more. I yeah. thought he was a little bit too deep a couple of times and it was going to be hard to get him a pass in there. I mean, if you were John Stockton, you were going to have trouble getting one over the top to him, but that's going to be a big part of his game. And that's something that yeah. I agree that they're going to have to get that chemistry yeah. Right, with yeah. the guards and with him. Um, I'll say I'm, I'm going to disagree with Colin a little bit. Uh, the, the comment that he made about the turnovers, that's really my grievance is 22 turnovers against a team that, let's be honest, like they didn't show you anything defensively that you're not going to see from other people down the road this year. And I get it. It's the first game. And, you know, there's some of the, the jitters and the nervousness or whatever, but – 22 turnovers is a lot. I know you forced 32 turnovers, but I would like to see some of the ball handling, some of the passing, you know, like the the the, in, the entry stuff to Jaleel and those guys. Um, yeah. That stuff that I hope over the next week or so that we get that cleaned up. Because 22 turnovers, if you do that very many times in whack play, um, I, I don't know how many games you're going to win turning over 22 times. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for, for first game – not bad. We'll let it slide, but not what we want to keep up. Throughout. Yeah, you don't want that trend to keep going. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Even the Rev says it. The Rev! <laughs> guy. The Rev has arrived. Yeah, he said, first game jitters, got to settle down and get at it. Of course, and and that's part of the reason why I feel like we, we play these teams kind of like Letourneau, and we know they're a D3 team. You know, it's it's gonna be a ninety nine point nine percent chance that we're gonna definitely win that game. But it's also good to play, you know, a game like that to get those first kind of you know first, especially for some of these kids that this is their first collegiate experience before. Right. Okay. And so that that'll be a good segue to my last uh, grievance. It's kind of like a combination grievance slash disclaimer for some of our <laughs> uh, listeners. But literally yesterday, on my memories, I had pop up a screenshot I took um, of a comment that I commented back to one of one of our people who commented on Facebook because I was so pleased with myself with my response. But anyway, I digress. So we were playing Laterno and said, mm. first of all, opened up their literally opened up their comment with, I didn't watch the game, but so my first disclaimer is this. If you're going to give a hot take, do not open it up with the phrase, I did not watch the game, because then I do not want to read your comment. If you it's not, not annoying. Um, but second of all, his complaint was, this person's complaint was, uh, 
isn't that a D3 school? Why didn't we win by more? And I'm like, okay. So let me explain preseason by games to you. The whole point of the game is not to run up the score. The point of the game is to work everyone in, try out different lineups, try people in different positions, you know, maybe run a play or two that we're not great on yet. Like work out the kinks, see what we're working with and give some of these new guys some floor time. So honestly, for me, I would ra- I would rather see us win by less than what we did last night. I want I want to see more of the freshmen on the floor. I want to see more different whack, like try your wackiest stuff. I don't know. Um, Cause for me, that's just my opinion. Like we know we're going to beat Letourneau. I don't need, I don't need a 50 point win against Letourneau. I want to see some of these new players play because they might not get that much playing time later in the season. And there's no comparison for game time on the floor out there. I mean, you can, you can play in scrimmage every practice and it's just not the same. So I'm, you're never going to hear me complaining about us not winning a a preseason game by enough points. Like I just, I just want to see the guys play. Yeah. The other thing that people have to remember about these, you know, an early game against a D three school so essentially what last night is it's it's practice with all the lights on and 2600 people in the gym. That's what it is. That was a a scrimmage, a practice, whatever you want to call it. And you're you have two goals in a game like that. Goal number 1 is win the game because obviously you don't want to lose a game to a right. D3 school. But goal number 2 is get back to the locker room with all the players that you started with being healthy. Like that's really the only two goals, win the game, yeah. keep everybody healthy, and we did that last night. And so yeah. I don't care if you win that game by 10 points, if you win that game by 100 points, you go out, you learn some stuff. And and actually Alex and I talked a little bit at halftime, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things I mentioned to her was, like, I in the second half, I didn't care if they extended the lead or did anything. Right. I wanted to see them play disciplined and play within themselves and not get careless because they're winning by 40 and that's why when I look at the stat sheet and I see that you only shoot 12 three-pointers in that game, really, really disciplined stuff that yeah. we saw out of them offensively. Also, the undisciplined part, the turnovers. And, and I think some yes. of that is like you guys said, just chemistry. I think I think yeah. that part was better. I just it concerned me last night against a D3. We turned it over 22 times, man. But but yeah, like you're just just get out of that game and and everybody in one piece, man. That's all you care about. Yeah, and I completely agree, buckets. And I, I do under, I totally also agree about the about the turnover thing. That did concern me a little bit too, because you're right. You're playing a D three team, and you're like, wow, what are we doing here? I do think sometimes when we play these D three teams or play opponents like NAIA opponents, that sometimes if when we get out to such a big lead, especially in the first half, that in the second half we just kind of like sit back on it a little bit, you know, and it's not because like, that's just like a, a mentality or a conversation you have in the locker room at halftime. You're like, Hey guys, we're just going to calm down and not do much. Um, it's, it's just, sometimes it's an unconscious thing in your head. You're like, man, I don't have to, I don't have to let off. I can let off on the, on the break or on the gas a little bit, just because we're up by so much already, you know, we can kind of take it easy. We don't have to worry about it because we're winning. Um, and then sometimes that's when mistakes are made bad passes when, you know, you kind of fall asleep a little bit at the wheel. Um, and that happens. I mean, you could even see it in the free throws. The first half, you know, we were our free throw percentage was at 76 percent. Second half, it was at 50 percent. We didn't shoot as much. We had only eight and we made, you know, four of those. So it was 50 percent. But but still, I mean, I kind of noticed a little bit of a 
drop back there in the, in the quality of free throw shots. And so, again, it's just, it's just sometimes you just kind of fall asleep at the well a little bit, especially when you're up by so much, you can, you're almost on cruise control. You're just kind of cruising along, not really paying a lot of attention to other things going on. And so that, if that anything else, that would be my only in my last grievance too, would be, you know, when we get out to such a large lead in the first half, sometimes we just kind of put our, our cruise control on and just kind of, again, sail to the end of the game, which is fine. I want us to sail to the end of the game, but we also can't just fall asleep. You know, we have to remain aware and be able to defend the ball and, and still make our shots. So. Well, and in case anybody who's a Letourneau fan stumbled in and, and started watching this, I, I will say this. I'd like to give them some credit. In the second – like, they doubled they their back. in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I will say this. It's not because SFA let off the gas on the defensive end at all. No, 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 yeah. I, I thought SFA's – I thought our defensive intensity was still really good in the second half. They're toward the end of the game. Like, we're still in yeah. full go mode and forcing turnovers. But give them credit, man. They – Man, they came out. I, I thought they looked like they were a little shell shocked in the first half, but the second half they came out and like they came out swinging. They wanted to play, man. We 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 outscored them forty to twenty seven in the second half. Like they played some ball in the second half, and I I was no. impressed by them. I think they're going to have a good season in their league. I think they finished second last yeah. year, and I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I think every time we play them, they're all they're always a good comp. Again, it's competition. I don't care. If it's, you know, again, we're playing a high school team, playing Duke, playing Letourneau, playing D2, doesn't matter. Like, it's still competition. You know, it's still a good game. It's still good practice. It's still a good opportunity for us to get better and figure out, like Jacqueline said earlier, you know, what are some things we need to work on? What are some plays that maybe in practice didn't look good? We need to try it with actual competition with someone who's, you know, opposite, you know, Jersey Jersey tonight. Um and then Rev, people would get upset if we opened against a bad or decent mid. People are going to get upset no matter what we do. And lost. Yeah. People are going to get mad that we didn't put a freaking 100, 100 points on them last night. The, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's why I had to bring up that comment from a few seasons ago. I'm like, and, and uh, here's the thing. Anybody can have whatever opinion they want and like, there are a lot of things that happen during a game. And I'll say Alex and I have full confidence in Keller and his staff. We think we have a great staff. However, even with that, like it's, it's basketball. There, there are going to be certain things that it's like, yes, this is, these are the things that you need to do, but there's a lot of it that's open for interpretation to whatever your coaching style is. And so sometimes I might be like, well, I don't know why you didn't do this. Cause that's what I would have done. And that's fine. That's my opinion. I can have that. But don't come on our page and open up your opinion with, I did not watch the game. Uh-uh. Never. Yeah. Because, again, your opinion at that point is null and void. You know, it'd be different if it was somebody who watched every single second tick off of that clock right along with us and said that comment and be like. We're going to start referring to those people as Johnny Box Score. That's what I call them. Oh, Johnny Box Score over here. Like, that's all he's done is take a just, box score. and Right. Now I know everything that happened last night. And it's like, no, you don't, you clown. Like, get out of here. I, I hate talking <laughs> to people. I love that. No, I love that. I think we should definitely refer to them as Johnny Box Scores because I, 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 they're, you're right. It's the people that pull up their ESPN app, look at the box score, be like, oh, what happened? We're playing a D3 team. We didn't put up a 100 piece. What's going on? We didn't put up trips. Were you there? Did you watch it? 
Like, give me a break. And yeah, I, I won't even waste any more energy because that, that just shows you're not, you're not, you're not an actual educated sports fan or invested in the program. If that's the comment that you have to make is that we didn't score enough because you should be thinking long-term in every game that like, yeah, we, we could have five leading scorers. And if we play them all game, every game, then once they graduate, what are we going to have left a bunch of bench players that never played? Like I'm always thinking ahead, like let's get these other guys some playing time and, develop them so that we have some development to move into the next season. I mean, cause our depth is just nuts. Yeah. Nuts. I think this may be the deepest team we've had in a very long time. Very long. When everybody's healthy, everyone's going to be able to get on that court. Everyone, everyone. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and if it, uh, the only people that won't play are the people that are injured, literally, that's it. Like last night, there was only one person who was dressed out that didn't get on the court, and it wasn't because he wasn't asked to. He just didn't get on the court, right? I mean, it, 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 it the depth of this team is nuts. So, um, Dust, Rev has said, I was going to say this is the deepest re- roster we've had in a while, but you beat me to it. Yeah, you're welcome, Rev. You know, I'll let you have a secret. Um, not only is this roster really deep for the men, but anybody that was there to watch the women last night, that's a really deep roster too. And I, I, I'm in full agreement. I think with both of these teams, the strength of both teams is that they're really deep and they're going to be able to hurt you in a lot of different ways with a lot of different players. Um, Completely. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my, my last grievance. And I know you guys have talked about this before, but I, I feel like sometimes like I'm a parent and sometimes as a parent, I can tell my kids stuff and like eventually they just tune dad out. But if somebody else tells them the same thing I've been preaching to them, it's like it clicks. And it's like, oh, man, like, you're right. And I'm like, why I ought to, you know. Um, yeah. so let me, my, yeah. my final grievance, I'm, there were like 2,600 people there last night. Great. Um, and I don't know what the expectation normally is or has been. I know COVID kind of messed up a lot of, you know, people coming to games, stuff like that. But let me just say, in the nicest way I know how. Um, I want SFA fans to be as active about coming to games as they are about complaining on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. And I love y'all. I do. But you don't get to sit on Twitter and whine and moan and complain about what you're saying. Come to the games. Come and be a part of the process and come spend your money on tickets and and do that stuff. Or I don't want to hear it, man. I don't. Now, I get like not everybody can make a long drive or what. Like I know the Rev lives far away. The Rev ain't going to be able to make it up here for every basketball game or every football game. But I'm talking about people that are right here in the area. There's nothing stopping you from coming to a ball game on a Monday night. Bring your ass to that Coliseum and sit down and watch a basketball game, man. Otherwise, I'm not interested in your opinion. I don't care what you think about SFA athletics. You're not invested, man. You're you're Twitter invested, and that shit don't count. That's it for me. Like I'm, but I'm already tired of that. I've only been here for two months, man. Preach. And but we've been dealing with this for years, brother. We get we give that same speech every season. So I'm glad that you said it because yeah, people are probably tired of hearing us say it. So maybe it'll land different this time. We say it every season every podcast, every game, almost every day on Twitter. So 
like Dustin, claps, brother. Claps. Because again, for someone who's only been here for two months and he notices that, imagine how the rest of us feel that have been around for years. Hey, and while I'm at it, I don't know if any students watch this, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a 40-year-old student, man, and I'm showing up at – I have never been to a volleyball game a day in my life, ever, until I showed up here. And I've been to every volleyball game I can go to since I've been here. Like, if you're a student at SFA and you're not going to athletic events, like, man, listen to me. You're not going to – 10 years from now, you're not going to remember sitting in your dorm room and playing video games or the night that you went to the bar and had too much to drink and threw up all over yourself. Like – go to games and enjoy that environment and go be in the, in the purple haze. And like, you got to do that stuff, man. I don't, I don't get it, man. I'm yeah. So, I'm going to be here for a long time. Like I told y'all Sam Houston's going to fight with me for a long time. And y'all <laughs> going to deal with me for a long time. I ain't yeah, going yeah. anywhere and we're going to, we're going to change some culture around here. No, That's, and you're, you're so, it. so right about the student experience part. And I feel like I mention this every season, but I would be remiss to not mention it again now. But I think a lot of our students don't realize that they still get into every single game for free, right? For free. Every, <laughs> and I'm like, y'all literally don't understand. Like, my brother went to AM, where number one, you have to buy a sports pass. It doesn't cover all sports, it only covers like two, three sports. And then, still, for especially for the football games, just because you paid for the pass does not guarantee you a seat to that game. You have to go stand in line to pull tickets for the game. And if they run out, then sorry about your luck. So the fact that you can literally just walk in for free, show your ID and go sit down. Like, what are you doing? And let me also say this now, because I'm, I'm a student athlete here at SFA mm -hmm. and, and listen, Fellow student athletes, if you want the student body coming to your football games, basketball games, volleyball, softball, whatever, um, you got to show up for some stuff that you might not necessarily care for all the time, too. Like the next time there's a concert going on that the band's putting on, go put a tie on and sit down and listen to them play a concert, man. Like it's this places like this don't get by unless everybody's supporting everybody. It's the, like this should be like, uh, what was it? The 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 flint tropics man everybody love everybody that's what we got to do man like, yes student athletes show up for other stuff man show up to these other organizations and different stuff going on and those students are going to come and support you too but i'm telling you man twitter people y'all gonna y'all gonna piss me off y'all keep jabbing around twitter and don't come to games i'm i'm about done i'm gonna i'm gonna start letting y'all have it yeah no i totally agree with you and well, I, have, I have a few final points to go off of what you said so Totally agree with the athletes going and supporting other stuff too, because guess what? College is the time to learn and try out new things. And you might find something you really like and enjoy. You never know until you try it out. Um, and another point that I, I have to get out of the way before we get the season started. Well, I mean, we just started, but um, with the Twitter stuff, because this is something that we, we talk about pretty much every episode. Now, yes, we get on here and we talk about the game and we talk about the high points and the low points. And if we have grievances or things that we think need to be worked on, of course, we discuss those. What we don't like to see and we, we try to drive home this point in literally every episode is that, like, even if you are coming and sitting and watching every game, great. There's so much stuff happening behind the scenes that your average fan or even a really involved fan like us might not know with, you know, some of these players could have 
things going on in the classroom they're struggling with. They could have family problems at home they're struggling with. Uh, they're 18 years old and they just moved away from home for the first time. And they're trying to mesh with a whole group of guys under a totally different system of yeah. playing sport than they've done. I mean, there's so many myriad of things that could be happening. So have your, your opinion, have your grievance, but like bear in mind that there, there could be a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you don't even know about that are affecting different things. And so, you know, we never, we never come at it in a rude or disrespectful way, like have your opinion. And there's always something that can be improved, but there could be a lot more going on behind the scenes with these kids. How did, how did you guys feel? And honestly, tell me, how did you feel 10 minutes after the battle of the piney woods in Houston this year? Like, how did you feel? Uh, I mean, I was disappointed, but I wasn't disappointed to the point where I was going to go online and start, you know, totally destroying, yeah. uh, you know, a child, essentially a, a, a student athlete's life because they, you know, re, you know, uh, threw an interception or couldn't make a tackle or, or fumbled the ball. Like it's just a game. And the point, the point that I wanted to make with that is exactly that. Like I walked out of that building absolutely gutted man like gutted, crushed we that game we, we led the entire thing man i and know to lose it that way and what i've i've tried to do this for for quite some time now um <clears throat> i try to remind myself after a brutal just heartbreaking loss if it feels that bad for me as a fan imagine how the kids in that locker room feel like do you do you think it could possibly matter more to you than it does to them? Right, right. How is that hot? Like so, and that's one thing that's like hey, it's helped me keep a lot of sports stuff in perspective, man. And yeah. I don't know that I necessarily think that way about professional sports, but with college athletics, it can't mean more to me than it does to the dudes no. that are sitting in that locker room day in and day out, man. No. And so, I'm not. You're never going to find me going on Twitter and, and beating up 18 to 22 year old kids for losing a game. I don't care what the circumstance is. Because man, like I get it, man. Like I, I know like what it means to those guys to to go out and play those games and yeah, I'm my I'm my thing is that, that there's more to life than than college sports. I'm sorry, like I love you know me. You know, buckets, you know me a little bit, Jacqueline. You I mean you know how much I love sports. Football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, soccer. I watch it all. I love sports, but there is nothing. There is nothing. And there is no circumstance where it is okay to go on to a social media platform or shit even to their face and berate them and make them feel even worse about I'll losing. Be honest, their I would prefer that you do it to their face because if you did it to their true. face, you're probably not walking away from that, man. I, That's true. I would prefer for you to do it that way. You hit, you hit you, you hit the floor. That's the end of the conversation. But the, that's why they don't. And so, yeah, Alex and I make a really big point, I feel like, to try to try to put that into perspective quite often. And I mean, I, we have some great fans, so I'm not, I'm not saying that we do. a problem a lot. It's just something that they just need I, to come I feel like we get more of a front row seat to having more interaction with the players than, you know, the average fan does. And so we really try to stress that every episode because I mean, even bef far before your time of being at SFA Buckets, but there have been games where Alex and I have been on the front row behind the bench when after a game, you know, 
we have hugged sobbing players and been like, they're destroyed. You're going to be okay. It's fine. Like we're here supporting you on to the next game kind of thing. And so we get to see it, you know, front row seat quite often. And that's all they need is they need, they need support and everybody's going to have a shitty game. And sometimes it's not going to work out the way we want, but they feel exactly what you said. They feel worse about it than we do. So just give them a little. And it's, it's such a wild dynamic for me. Like grace. most, most 40 year old dudes that are college athletics fans don't go to class with those kids the Monday after a game, man. Right. Like, like I see them on campus every day or I sit in classrooms with them. And, and you're right. Like people, people don't know like the, the weight that's on a college athlete, even at a place like this. I mean, yeah, we're a mid-major or we're FCS or whatever, but there's a lot of pressure on these kids, man, to go out and perform every week. And like, you think our football team isn't feeling the pressure right now to go out and perform and, and try to get, get themselves into the play. Like they are. They yeah. are feeling it hard. They can, man. So. And, and, and to kind of wrap up the convo a little bit, the, I mean, can you imagine, imagine the pressure on these, Specifically, specifically these basketball athletes, because not just the girls, because they have expectations on them now for being, you know, they were whack champions last year, went to the tournament, you know, won, and also now, and then went to the NCAA tournament. I mean, think of the expectations and like the shoes you have to fill for that, but also for the gentlemen too. Like they have joined a prestigious, dare I say, mid-major program that has, again, the reputation of being giant killers and being a premier mid-major in college basketball where their name, the Lumberjack, Stephen Boston, SFA, means something to a lot of people. Like, people know our logo. People know our basketball team who are not even from here, not even from Texas. And and could you imagine the pressure on these student-athletes to perform at a high level and win every single night? It has got to be a lot of pressure. So, I mean, again, just what we've all talked about. I mean, just giving a little bit of grace to these athletes and and knowing that, yeah, if we sit on here and we talk about, oh, well, so-and-so didn't have a good game. Maybe they need to work on this and this and this. This is just our opinion. We're not ragging on you to make you feel like two two inches tall. It's just a discussion. It's just we're not sitting here saying you're the worst player on the team and you need to go jump off a bridge. Like, what the – no. Calm down. I'll tell you right now, man, if SFA basketball didn't win another game all season, am I going to be disappointed? Of course I am. But I'm going to love every one of those kids, man. Like I'm, Because I know how hard they're working, and I know exactly. how hard it is to be a college athlete. I am one right now, and it's it's tough. I'll tell you what will help with pressure, though. Like I, I saw a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about the football team losing to Utah Tech or Dixie, whoever the heck they are. Utah Tech, yeah, yeah. I also saw a lot of empty seats in that stadium, man. So I don't know. Like we come out and make a little bit more noise, and yeah. maybe that's the difference on a third down. You can swing your shirt, lumberjack, and right? and we and maybe we get a big stop. So I'm exactly saying, let's show up and and be yeah. when these guys play. Exactly. The culture needs to just like what Bucket said a little bit ago. The culture needs to change. When I first came to school here at SFA in, in 07, the, the culture was hardcore, athletically focused. I mean, we had buckets in an 0 and 11 football season. Like we didn't win a single game in football. But guess some tough times. Oh, it was a tough, tough, tough time, buckets. 
But guess what? That purple haze was packed to the brim every single game. Like on homecoming weekend, you're like, oh, that's a decent crowd for purple haze. That's dick shit to what I had in my freshman year. We had people packed. Like it was, you had to get there three hours before freaking kickoff to get a seat in the front row. Like that is what me and my friends did. We literally went there and staked out our seats for hours before tip off. We were t- before kickoff because we didn't want people to freaking take our seats because that's how packed it would get wall to wall people wall to wall. I mean, it was nuts. And so that's what I would love to see again. I'm not saying that purple haze is like the issue, the group itself, they do a great job. It's just the regular everyday student needs to realize like, Oh, I have nothing to do right now. What should I be going and doing? Well, maybe I should go to the volleyball game. Maybe I should go see what the lady jacks are doing. Maybe I should go to the basketball game because it's free. And it's not like it's digging into your party time. Parties don't start till 10 o'clock. Game's over, baby. Hey, listen, I love Nacogdoches, man. I, like It's a great small town. I love being here. But let's be honest, student body, there ain't that much to do here. Like, come to a damn game, man. <laughs> I don't understand what y'all are doing with your time, man. I, I really don't. <laughs> if I can take time out of my busy week from playing trivia and going to the brewery and drinking beer, so can you, damn it. They can only fit so many people in Bonita Creek Hall, man. Like, yeah, there's got to be some room for some of y'all to come to a football game, a basketball game, whatever. And again, the party don't start till 10 o'clock at night. There you go. The games are over by then. So anyway, yeah. But all right, Buck, it's usually towards the end of our podcast, we normally do a, a single word, a kind of an all-encompassing word, one word to describe the entire game. What word would you use? So I'm going to go with mine first. I did all caps energy. I thought we came out of the gate with a lot of energy. I loved it. That's exactly what I wanted to see. And I'm sure everyone else, you know, wanted to see it as well. Um, I wanted to see, I mean, when I literally, when we, the game first started, I was getting whiplash. I mean, we were boom, boom, boom. I, I said, Jacqueline, I was like, I'm gonna have to rewatch this game. I'm not, it is too fast for me. What has happened? I can't pay attention to shit. I was sitting there trying to write notes on my phone. And I'm like, can't do it. Can't, can't do it. I, it was so fast paced and energy was so high level. I was like, this, this is what you want to see on the first game. Again, I don't care who we're playing, but it was a damn good energizer game for me. So I loved it. Jacqueline. So I, you know, I'm always last minute, but I just now put mine in. Um, so kind of going off what, what Buckets and I were both talking about, I said development because I, I feel like it was a really good, like, I think we made the most of, really taking it as an opportunity to develop and kind of put new players in there, try new stuff out, show some discipline and not jack up threes and like do stuff that would be easy to give into when you're blowing them out of the water. So I I felt Mm -hmm. like we made some good progress and development in that game. So 100%. So my one word for the game would be chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I say chaos is because of what they do on the defensive end. Now, Mm-hmm. Coach said something the other day in one of his pressers that I had never really heard it put this way, but it made a lot of sense to me. He said they try to treat every pass like a loose ball. Every yes. pass is a loose ball. And and last night, I mean, look, again, I don't care if you're playing Laterno or Duke or the, the rec team up the street. Mm-hmm. Forcing 32 turnovers in a 40-minute basketball game is a big deal, man. I don't care who you play. 
Um, and so the chaos that they cause on the defensive end with the pressure that they put on you, you know, full court, um, I, I love that brand of basketball, and and I'm really excited to see how much better that gets. Um, but, yeah, that chaos, man, I, I'm telling you, when he said that, and I really started thinking about every pass is a loose ball, and, and if that's your approach on the defensive end as a defender, um, man, like – what a what a wrecking crew we might be able to put together on defense this year. I completely agree. He said that also during WAC Media Days. That was something I wrote down immediately because I was then I thought back to all the defenses you know that he's had since he's been here. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how he approaches defense and and every single team. Um, you know, it, and one of my favorite JUCO coaches, uh, man, I, I uh, his his name is uh, is is Coach Wade. Right. And he used to coach at Angelina College and now he coaches at Lee College down in Houston. Love this man. I think he's a great developer of players. And he always would use the term organized chaos. It is an organized chaos on defense. And I think that's exactly the type of defense that we have. It is chaos. It is it is it is absolutely press you. And uh, I, I cannot wait to see how far we go with that. And then the Rev had a word for us. He said refinement getting ready for a good Gardner web team, which brings Jacqueline. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use that. Yeah. Second again. So we do have some very deceiving uh, non-conference games that look like they're going to be easy. And I don't think are going to be as easy as they are mm -hmm. earlier. Cause honestly, I've never heard of Gardner web. So I'm like, okay, this is probably a D three school. That's going to be easy, breezy, beautiful win. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then my dad texts me this morning and is like, because he, uh, you haven't met my dad yet, Bucket, so you'll have to meet him. Um, he's quite a character, but oh boy. he's now retired. So he has all the time to be doing all this research. Uh, <laughs> Richard Martin, our research expert analyst. Boots nice. on the ground for the research. Um, so he texts me, text me this morning and he says, um, he's like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite so easy on Thursday. He's like, I looked him up and they're a D1 school in North Carolina. And they lost to Colorado State by only two points last night. Looks like they have a lot of size. Oof. So I can tell you. So I'm from North Carolina. Uh, Gardner Webb is in Bowling Spring, uh, Boiling Springs, North Carolina. And so I'm really familiar with the school. Um, I don't follow a lot of their athletics. Like I know their football team posted on Twitter yesterday or the day before. Um, it's barbecue bowl week uh, and the, the game that they're going to play. And anybody that knows me knows I love Carolina barbecue, man. Like that's where I grew up. That's home. And they posted that video and I was like, my mouth started watering. and I was like, Oh my God, I miss North Carolina. Um, but no, he's right. Like Gardner Webb. Um, I mean, look, they're not, again, it's like we talked about, like they're not the big power five school or whatever, but they're one of those teams that, like, it's it's going to be a good game for us. I, yeah. I think it's a game that SFA wins, but I think it's it's going to be a really good developmental game for us. Like, we're going to yeah. learn a lot about ourselves, and and it does it does look like they have a little bit of size. Um, but yeah, they're, they're one of those teams that could absolutely jump up and bite you. I think they, I'm pretty sure they play in the what's it called, the Big, Big South, South, with like, yeah, Big with South. High Point and Winthrop mm -hmm. and some of the schools and. Um, it's one of those conferences that produces a team that that tries to upset somebody in the NCAA tournament every yeah. year, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't look for it to be a pushover game like what we saw yesterday, but right. 
I expect us to win, but I, I think you'll learn a lot about what SFA is going to be going forward in, in this game. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting game. Rev gave us a little bit more background. 18 and 13 last year, 11 and 5 in conference, and they lost lost in their conference tournament to Winthrop. So again, like they're they're not a they're not a team you want to sleep on. They're yeah. not a team that you want to again put on cruise control and just say, well, we got this in the bag, baby. No. At no point should we have not saying that we we do that or that we did that, you know, a lot last year. But I'm just sometimes when we do play teams that we just in our head think that it's going to be a easy breezy, you know, game that sometimes we're like, oh, we're good to go. But I mean, this obviously is is not one of those times. Not not at all. Um I know I was looking up their schedule for, for, for their schedule, for their team. Right after they play us, guess who they play? Probably Duke. <laughs> yeah. North Carolina. Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're thinking of this as like their warm-up to go play the big bats. So you yeah. guarantee they're going to be throwing all of their good shit at us, trying it out on us before they go play North Carolina. So – I mean, we we just have to be ready. We again can't we can't we can't just we have to come at every game clean slate, you know, like it's like it's the first game of the season and we're playing Duke. That's basically have to we have to come at every single game, no matter who we're playing. That it's the most important game of the year. Every game is the most important game of the year, and we're starting with a clean slate every time. Um, so make sure, guys, if you're not doing anything, that if you can on Thursday night, come up to the game. What time's that game start? Hopefully earlier than freaking eight o'clock. Six thirty. Thank God. Six thirty. Obviously, of course, if you can't make it, it will be shown on ESPN Plus. Um, so if you can make it, great. If you can't, what are you doing? Get the hell out of town and come to Nacogdoches for the night. Well, you're going to watch the ladies. And I was going to say I'm going to miss it, but I'll be watching it on my phone on ESPN Plus while I'm in Houston. But you're watching the ladies. on the lady jet. So- but that's oh, a good excuse. Sorry, I thought it was Denton for some reason. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good excuse. You're excused. You're excused. Uh, and Shelly, oh happy birthday party at the game, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, we love you anyway. So uh, I know we're going to wrap up, but I want to give one last random shout out because uh, we have a few former SFA staff and players. So as many mm-hmm. of you remember in Buckets, this is all Greek to you because it's before your time. But so last season, our associate had uh no, what was his time? He was like uh, not the head, like the the top assistant coach, associate head coach. Maybe I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Cox he went along with another coach from our um from the Southland to Southland slash WAC to UTEP, and then one of our players transferred to UTEP. Um. And then also the coach uh, that we lost to UTEP, his son used to be our director of basketball operations, and he went to UTEP. So we got Jeremy Cox, Austin Cox, and then our former player, Calvin Solomon, at UTEP. They played Texas last night. And so dad, when he got home, put it on to watch the last bit of the game. So uh, Calvin started. He played 22 minutes, and he scored seven points, which their high point only scored 10. So – Pretty good first game for him. Once a Calvin. I mean, once a once a Calvin. Always a Calvin. Always a lumberjack. Um, So absolutely. Best of luck to Coach Cox and Calvin. We miss them. Both Coach Coxes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, they they posted a cute little picture of of themselves on on Facebook yesterday, and I commented oh. on it, saying that I'm we miss them and hope that their season goes well and you know that they have all this success in the world. But obviously, if they ever play us, hope you lose. Um, yeah, no, no, no. But um, anyway, so coming up next few games, obviously again Thursday night game six thirty. Uh, right after that, we have Tuesday game versus Alcorn State at home. So we got three home games. Boom, 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 right in a row. Can't miss that, man. Can't beat it. Um, November the 15th against Alcorn State and then November 19th, which is the first away game uh, versus South Dakota State, which is another sneaky, sneaky, sneaky hard game, man. We played them last year at home. Yeah, that's not even a sneaky hard game. Like, that's a really good opponent. That's true. Good-ass team. That's going to be a tough one. It was a tough one when they played us here, and it's just going to be even harder when we're playing it there in their home. So – Wow, wow, wow. Again, anybody that says that our, our non-conference schedule is a is a slice of pie, easy as cake, they ain't paying as lick of attention. A lick of attention. Um, all right, so to wrap things up, just a couple of reminders as well. Of course, follow us on social media. Obviously, follow Buckets on social media as well. If you don't, if you missed it before, Buckets, here is his tag. Here's his handle. I guess you could tell them your real name too, since we just refer to you as buckets all the time. But nobody cares about your real name. Nobody cares about your real name. Um, before we go, though, I have to remind everyone about our awesome my plates buckets. Do you know about the my plates? The the what? The my plates. The my plates. I don't. Do you think know? Do you know about all those? Do you have? Have you ever seen any like license plates, Texas license plates that are like? Oh, yeah. Okay. That are not normal license plates. They're like they're like themed license plates. Customized. This yeah. must be a Texas thing. So oh yeah. You guys got to let me in on the secret. Okay, well I'm about to let you in on the secret. So He's specifically for SFA. So SFA has a MyPlate. If you go to myplates.com/lumberjack, um, you can easily support the SFA athletic programs by purchasing a MyPlate. So it's classic win-win. You get a sweet plate to show off your SFA pride, and the athletic teams get about fifty percent of the purchase price. Uh, if you're tired of seeing UT, A&M, boo, Texas Tech all over the road, you'd rather see the beautiful purple license plates. Well, this is obviously the plate for you. If you're a real fan, you have my plates. When you buy a five-year personalized purple SFA plate from myplates.com, SFA Athletics takes in almost $250 from that purchase. It's an easy, fun way to help your sports teams. When you renew that five-year plate, it, SFA gets nearly $400 every time you renew that plate. But if the $500 is a little too steep for you, we get it. You can obviously do a layaway plan or a payoff plan, but there's also options, a one-year, three-year plan as well. If you want the one-year background only, it's only $50, $50. That's like what? Not drinking Starbucks for like what? Two weeks, one week. Um, so $50 is an easy, easy, easy thing to spend. Um, but if you want to be cool like Jacqueline and I and have personalized license plates, you can also do that as well. So we love our My Plates. We support My Plates. It is a great sponsor. Great. Um, they're great for SFA Athletics and SFA. I mean, I don't know how many times, anytime we're driving down the road, traveling for basketball games, we see an SFA plate. We just go bonkers. We go nuts. So uh, anytime Jacqueline and I are with each other, we try and part next to each other so that our plates make more sense because individually they don't, um, especially mine. Mine doesn't make sense. People just think it says Milix. And that's <laughs> my brother. Anytime my brother sees me, he just calls me Milix. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 
<laughs> but yeah, they're great. Literally, like if we're driving anywhere and somebody from SFA passes us, they'll be like giving us the axe. Um, yeah. SFA plate with buckets can only be six letters. You yeah, can do it. I'm, I'm sad that it can only be six letters, but I think that'll work. Uh, Rev, yeah. I think you just caused me to spend some money, man. Appreciate it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And if you buckets, don't forget though, the last thing about the my plates is if you go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks, you can also get up to a $50 rebate. So if you get the personalization with buckets, then you can even get 30 or $50 back from that. So to spend responsibly on some purple lights. Yeah, it goes, it goes to the athletic department. It's great. Correct. Because when you also drink Purple Lights from Fredonia Brewery, guess what? Buying Purple Lights also gets money to the athletic program. So whenever you're drinking beer, make sure you drink local, drink Fredonia beer, drink Purple Lights. It is brewed by Lumberjacks for Lumberjacks. It's delicious. It's easy to drink. It's crisp. It's sessionable. It means you can... Basically, sessionable means you can crush as many as you want. That's um, not what I thought it meant, but I'm, exactly. glad, you, I'm glad you can find it. <laughs> You're welcome. It's one of those craft beer terms that, you know, unless you know what the hell it means and you don't know what the hell it means. But, yeah, anytime you hear that a beer is sessionable, that means you can crush as many as you want and still be good to go. Say the word again. Sessionable? Sessionable. Mm -hmm. I love that word. I don't know why. But sessionable. Sessionable. <laughs> sessionable. Yeah. 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 Again, oh, I got a bunch of craft beer terms for you. Anytime you want buckets, I can, we can come to the brewery. I'll give you a tour and we can talk purple lights all the time. All the time. I'll just say it. That word sounds dirty to me. And I think that's sessionable. why I See, there, there, dust, the rev spelled it out for you. Sessionable. sessionable. I love it. There you go. Yeah. 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 No. So, uh, man, we loved having you on and cannot wait to see what else this season has for our lumberjacks and of course our lady jacks as well. But I mean, my God, we're ready. We're always ready for the season. We're always so anxious about when the season starts and we just can't wait for it to happen. And then now that it started, I mean, we're just rare and we're ready to go. We are all well, cylinders. I'll tell you. So I'm, I'm currently working out a plan to make my way to Canada. So I fingers crossed that I can make my way to Canada um, and also for you guys, if you guys decide to make the trip, if you, if you figure out a way to make it to, uh, to South Carolina for the Furman game, let me know. And buckets is your hookup. Whenever you get over there to my part of the country, I'll make sure you guys are, are, are taking care of you guys can fly into the ATL and I'll, and I'll drive you guys up to the game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good year. I'm, I'm excited about watching a lot of basketball with you guys. Well, yeah, we're too. Um, random note since you mentioned Canada. So, uh, one of my long story short, because we, we're out of time tonight, but one of my friends lives up there in Montreal, and so I'm going to visit with him some while we're there. And he did message me today and said, I think it's not going to be too cold when you're here after all. This is probably the warmest November we have had in Montreal. So, it should be 20 to 40 degrees when you're here. So, Wait, 20 to 40? I bought a parka. That depresses me. Like I thought, I thought that's not what I expected when he said it wasn't going to be that cold. Well, I mean, it'll still be chilly, but it won't be like, I'm probably not going to need some of the gear that I bought, but that's okay too. Oh, I, I mean, I'm excited to see Montreal, but I was really excited to like 
bring my, maybe I should return yeah. my parka now. Shit. You probably don't need the parka. Shit. You can give it to me. I hate the cold, man. I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a cold weather baby. I'm telling you right now. Buckets, when I tell you that you would be absolutely swimming in this parka, I'm not exaggerating because even I, I, I did the, did the comparison, you know, in a Christmas story when, when <laughs> his kid puts on, his mom puts all the layers on him. That's how I freaking felt buckets. I was just like, I just come waddling into the game. Yeah, be I did. I literally, I put it on and I literally waddled. I, cause it's, cause it's long as well. So I was like, my God. And I like waddled out and I was like, I don't know if I need this brother. Like, Holy shit. It's, it's humongous. And it's also extremely warm. But the cool thing about it, which I'm, which is reason why I may keep it uh, is because it's like a three, three bucket or three bucket. <laughs> Three different, three different layer. <laughs> three different not, layer. She's not even drinking, right? No, now. I'm drinking water. I'm, not, I'm drinking water. It's sessionable. I'm not. I don't have a purple lights. I'm drinking water. Um, it's 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 a three layer parka, so like I can unzip it and unlayer it so that I can it can be a lot less uh, hot and and humid. But like, but damn, I'm pissed that I bought a parka and I might not even need it. Yeah, I don't think so. We even bought snow boots. Snow boots. I bought snow boots. I bought snow boots, but they're like cold ice winter weather boots. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't need to order gloves. I don't think so. Shit. Well, let's hope that things change in the next couple weeks and maybe we'll get lucky and it'll get colder. (laughs) Axel. No. Buckets, if you do end up coming to Canada, let us know because we're we're obviously being we're going, so We'll do. Yeah, we're excited for that. It'll be a fun little, fun little uh, long weekend for me and a nice little week long vacation for Jacqueline. So. Are we allowed to take purple lights over the border? Do we know? Is that against Ooh. the rules? I don't know how you would do that. But. I don't know how, how international beer travel works. I'd have to look it up. I'm going to have to do some research. If, I, if, if you do, it would definitely have to be in a checked bag luggage. So I'd have to have to do some research on that. I don't know if there's anybody that's done international travel. Tell me, because that would be great. Because if I can take beer back from Canada, to well, okay, you have to be able to because I brought wine back from Italy. Yeah. Okay. Just packed it in my checked bag. Mm, okay. I don't but need any. I, I just need like a, a post game victory purple lights. Like that's all I'm talking about. So I just need to bring a couple. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a. I would research how the cans do because I don't know if they have more of a propensity to like explode. Mm. Mm. We could put it into a uh, growler because it's glass. Because I know the bottle of wine did just fine. Hmm. Yeah. And beer is just different because it's carbonated rather than wine is not carbonated. So yeah, it's just different hmm we'll have to do some research on that we'll have to do some research on that anyway i know love it all right well hey buckets again thank you so much for joining us and um, i'm sure we'll have you back on because you're sfa you are you are fully indoctrinated sir (laughs) you assimilated just fine i'm just uh i and, and here's like i don't want people to think like oh well like he's he's supposed to say that stuff i i really do genuinely love it here i do and I, I've only been here a couple months. Can't imagine being anywhere else, man. Like I, 
like I've found my place. I've found my people. So I'm so glad to hear that. We are so happy you're here. You have taken to it quite naturally. Yes. And that's how kind of SFA and Nacogdoches kind of does that to you though. I mean, you think you're just here for a short period of time to be in school and then you come here and you live here and you're like, Ooh, I'm getting sucked in, getting sucked in. Shelly says, welcome to Nat. Good night, y'all. Welcome back. Night, Shelly. Yeah, we're about to log off as well. So, but yeah, Buckets, we're glad you're here and we can't wait to meet your family. And we hope that you make this a permanent residence and that you're not going to go anywhere because we would, we would hate to lose you. Um, but anyway, so again, thank you guys for tuning in. Amazing questions, amazing conversation night about Lumberjack basketball. Can't wait to do it again after the Thursday game. Again, Thursday night, 630 be there, be square. If you can't be there, then you better be watching on TV and you better be rooting for the Lumberjacks. Uh, Caitlin, we love and miss you too, girl. Mom, 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 love and kisses. All right, everyone, have a wonderful night. And as always, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks. <laughs>